Today on CityCast Boise, we all know that Ontario is making bank from Boiseans. So in today's 420-inspired conversation, Frankie and I are chatting with a local stoner who goes by the name of Yeti, who regularly makes the cross-border cannabis commute. We get into what's legal, what's not, and why he thinks his trips to Ontario are worth the risk. It's Thursday, April 20th. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is what Boise's talking about. Hi, Yeti. Welcome to CityCast Boise. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. So let's just start out with what's your weed backstory? So, um... I'm uh, in my early 40s, and I didn't actually smoke weed for the first time until about 10 years ago. Um, and I said that's the first time I actually interacted and got high. Um, but I didn't really start smoking until after a serious mountain biking accident. And I was left uh, with uh, three fractures in my neck and three fractures in my back. Um, and instead of using pain pills, I just started smoking daily. Um, hardly anything really at first and then um, increasing over time. Um, and since then I've become what uh, people would call a stoner, I guess, in some <laughs> in some ways. But uh, yeah, I partake daily. I enjoy getting high. I use it for creative purposes. I'm a comedian and a live event host. And so I like to uh, combine that with my creative process. Um, and then on top of that, I know that I do use it for pain management. Um, I don't have any long-term effects, thankfully, from my accent um, that I know of, but there's always a chance for different things to come up. And so um, there's been times when I've had injuries that I've definitely been able to sustain those a little bit more uh, with the use of cannabis and uh, its properties. We have kind of a similar thing. I smoked a little weed in high school and then not again for a very long time till my late 30s and um, started for pain management reasons, um, started smoking a little weed here and there and and having an edible. And I'm like California sober, they call it, you know, like (laughs) I don't drink alcohol, but I do uh, partake in marijuana here and there. But it's really helpful for me for sleep. Um, You know, a quarter or a half an edible at night works for me better than Ambien or anything else ever did. And uh, I sleep like a rock. So uh, shout out to the late life stoners over here. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of starting a little uh, little later. But so like many of us, uh, you're regularly visiting our lovely sister city, Ontario, Oregon, for its many delights, uh, including I'm imagining occasionally uh, hitting hitting the shops. Is that right? Yeah, I'd say uh, I'm usually going over there at least once a month, probably once every um, five weeks on average. Are you ever worried about getting caught? You know, um, I'll acknowledge my privilege as a cis-presenting white male that uh, I I don't. And I think there's a lot to say about that and and, and where privilege lies and and what that does. I have BIPOC friends that would uh, never consider flying with a weed pen. I've never not considered it. Um, I've had BIPOC friends that their jaws are on the floor when they find out that I really don't think about being uh, interacting with law enforcement or anything like that or being pulled over when I make those uh, journeys to the West. (laughs) So what did you do before Ontario and Oregon made weed legal? Where did you get it? 
So I lived out of state. I actually lived uh, in Utah and um, that's where I was when I had my accident. Um, and so uh, I was getting it from a guy who was getting it from out of state. So I had a supplier and I had a dealer, so to speak. And that's, um, but I shouldn't say that. I should back up. My introduction to a regular consumption, or I guess a regular supply was um, my girlfriend at the time had a friend who had a personal growth uh, operation and just grew in a house growing situation. And so we would get it from, from that individual. And then uh, we found out that that was like really not that great of product. And so, because we tried somebody else's stuff and we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> so we switched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it kind of feels like sometimes I'm like, is this worth the trip? You know, is this worth the risk to get legal weed in Oregon? Like, should I just go back to buying weed from a guy named Topher who has a pet iguana? Like the good old days. You know? <laughs> yeah, I didn't ever. That's one thing that I have not really experienced too much of is is that having a dealer or having a guy named Topher with an iguana. Um, <laughs> I have participated in a delivery service um, from someone who... Uh, has an operation in the region and uh, does d uh, delivery to, you know, your address or personal delivery type thing. So it's kind of a drop off thing. Um, and that's, that was convenient too. You end up paying about the same price that you would pay when you include the cost to drive to Oregon and back with, you mm. know, gas um, basically. And I guess maybe if you assume that you're going to stop and get some food too. It's funny because, you know, I feel like I forget. I think like a lot of people forget that it's illegal because it feels like everybody's driving over to Ontario, like everybody in Boise is driving over there. And it's kind of easy to do you think that's true? Pretty much everybody in Boise is driving to Ontario. Those of us who have been in those parking lots, we see the 1A license plates, you know, and, and the 2C and the and the 1P. And I mean, everything that every county from here to I mean, even Elmore County out in Mountain Home, you know, uh, you see all of those plates. And so, you know, that people are making this, this trip and Oregon, you know, Ontario even says, you know, we, we know that these, this revenue comes from Idaho, you know, the, that's where the population base is. Right. And so millions of dollars. Just, yeah. And it's as an Idahoan, I'm just, I see it as we're just throwing it away. Right. It's, I don't know. It stays in the local economy to an extent because there's a lot of the folks that are reaping the benefits of that, whether they're employees of those shops or uh, the owners of those shops where that money just stays somewhat local, but it's not as local as it could be. Okay, well, I'm going to bring in our uh, lead producer, Frankie Barnhill, because like a lot of people, I'm like, it's illegal, but it's not. I'm always like, it's just a misdemeanor. But literally, I don't have any idea. <laughs> so I thought we'd bring Frankie in with the facts. Frankie, how illegal is marijuana in Idaho? Yeah, well, I'm not a lawyer, but I am a journalist. And so uh, just to give the facts of what, um, you know, what the code says, I mean, it's incredibly, Idaho is incredibly behind the times uh, when it comes to recreational weed compared to other states. We know this, but just to say it out loud, that there are, uh, we're, we're one of four states that haven't decriminalized marijuana in any way uh, among Wyoming, South Carolina, and Kansas, and Idaho. Um, and so just to put that in perspective of how conservative Idaho is around this issue. So to answer your question of how illegal it is, so yes, uh, marijuana 
marijuana possession charge, less than three ounces for personal use. You could face a misdemeanor with a minimum fine of up to $1,000. So not more than 1000 but up to that. And up to one year in prison. Um, of course, depends on the judge, depends on circumstances, but that's what the code says. If you go over three ounces, um, three ounces to one pound for personal use, that could potentially be a felony. And you're looking at maybe $10,000 of a fine and potentially five years in prison. So, of course, you know, the more you have, the more risk comes with it. And there is, you know, some people say, talk about how technically you could be charged with drug trafficking if you're caught, and that's technically a federal crime. I don't know how often that's happening, but just to mention that, that is uh, technically what could happen. So a misdemeanor up to a year in jail, a $1,000 fine. I want to say, I do think it's funny um, how much, and again, I'm like a mom weed smoker. So I don't actually, I don't smoke a ton, (laughs) but like how much three ounces really is. Like one time I was out in Ontario getting uh, myself some edibles and my brother was like, oh, here, I I made an online order. Will you just grab it for me? And I was like, sure. And he was like, he had grabbed an ounce and an ounce of weed is more weed than you think, like physically. And I was like, I'm going to jail. And he was like, you're such a dork. That's only an ounce. (laughs) Calm down. I was like, this is so much weed. (laughs) He was like, it's really not. So um, just kind of maybe people keep in mind, like, uh, you know, an ounce, uh, three ounces, you're probably you just started a misdemeanor. But that past that, it does get kind of more serious, doesn't it? Yeah. And I should say, too, one more thing to keep in mind is that you could go to Oregon, uh, go to Ontario, enjoy um, an edible or uh, something there and then come back to Idaho, but without anything in your possession. Of course, that's legal. But you could, if you are caught driving um, while stoned, that, of course, is also illegal in Idaho. And that comes with uh, potentially up to $1,000 misdemeanor and could carry that fine up to six months in jail and potentially suspend your driver's license. So another another part of Idaho's very extensive anti-weed laws, really. Yeah. It makes me wonder, not obviously people who are driving under the influence, but Everybody else who's just, you know, uh, just doing a little minor Saturday drug muling um, <laughs> can. So, like, I figure the the in on between Ontario and Boise is probably the safest stretch of highway in Idaho because you're everybody's ten and two <laughs> going exactly the speed limit. But if you do get using the signal, using your signals, you're using your mirrors, you're being very safe. Um, but if you do get pulled over, Frankie, can Idaho cops like stop and search your vehicle if they suspect that you have weed that you bought in Oregon? Yeah, the the short answer is yes, if you give them probable cause. And so uh, things like, you know, unlike searching your house where they need a a search warrant, um, if you give them a reason to stop you and pull you over and check, they can. Um, Interesting what Yeti was talking about earlier about, uh, you know, who gets pulled over, who gets searched. Um, I don't have the data on that, but it is an interesting point that he made earlier about that. But I mean, all they need is probable cause. So that could include seeing something in the vehicle that makes them want to search or smelling something, um, you know, using a dog to detect. Uh, so, yeah, those are technically the things you can, you you know, you can say to the officer, you know, I do not consent to this search. But technically, that's that's what the law says. Yeti, how do you feel about like the current marijuana laws in Idaho? Oh, boo. They're it's bad. Uh, my grandfather who passed away a year ago had uh, some major back problems later in life um, that required multiple surgeries. Um, He uh, 
was desperate for pain relief and was tired of the way the uh, opiates and, and barbiturates and all of those uh, pharmaceutical type drugs, uh, painkillers had made him feel. And um, he finally decided to get some marijuana and uh, to to take some. And um, he was in Arizona where it's legal for med- they have they at the time they had medical they have rec I think they have rec now. Um, and so he got some, but he he messed up the edible dose, <laughs> and so. <laughs> He was back here in Idaho and he lived in Nampa and he calls my mom and, or he, my mom calls me and they're on the phone and my grandfather's hiring a kite, but he didn't have any pain. And they were able to find some balance with CBD rather than the THC component of that. Um, it didn't take away his pain. He, he had to continue upping that dose as far as how much he was taking. Um, so to be fair, like it, it it's not it's just like any other substance, like your body's going to get used to it at some point. And that's, you know, I tell that story only because that's a prime example of why it's so important that we allow the research that we have that says that this is good for health, that this is good for our bodies to utilize it in many different ways. Draconian laws about, I mean, up to a year in prison, if you happen to not be white, I mean, that's, that's horrible, like for less than three ounces. And then we have these, the rest of the country where they've decriminalized this to where there's no, there's some places where there's no charge, obviously, because it's recreationally acceptable in places where um, they've expunged records and everything like that. Idaho has a long ways to go and this road uh, isn't going to be solved overnight, um, but hopefully we can get there. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're not even in a place right now uh, where we're discussing medicinal use, Mm -hmm. you know, so do you, this is for both of you, given, given that, given our state's politics, do you think we'll ever get to recreational weed? Will it be 2050 and the one place you can go to jail for pot in the world is Idaho? (laughs) I mean, I'll just throw in a couple more uh, facts just to illuminate. Yeah. Again, how, how incredibly conservative Idaho is around this. Uh, Remember how uh, the federal government legalized hemp and CBD in 2018 and through the farm bill. And it took Idaho like a few years to basically accept that federal policy through the farm bill. And it's only CBD. Um, And even so, like you can't get it for your pets anymore. They banned that in Mm -hmm. November, which was a thing. So, I mean, we know that the uh, Kind Idaho initiative uh, around medicinal marijuana, we have some time until we'll see if they'll actually get enough signatures. But the fact that they have to go to the people to pass an initiative, not even attempt to go to the legislature really, says a lot about the state politics at play here. And uh, I'll be really curious to see how many signatures are gathered and if the initiative can actually make a difference. Again, that's just medicinal, though. Yeah, it's I mean, I, I lived in Utah before I moved back to Boise, and even Utah has medicinal marijuana now. Now, there's a whole bunch of things that are, there's a whole bunch of red tape, and it takes a lot to get it there, but it's there. Um, and uh, it opens, you know, some would say it's a gateway drug. Yeah, it's a gateway for a better life for a lot of people. Do I ever think that Idaho is going to go legal on anything? No, I think it'll take a federal a federal mandate, so to speak, like we saw with the hemp law with the, in the farm bill, like Frankie was talking about. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeti, do you have like a plan? Like, I don't do this, but I've heard people take like a a Coke bottle, you know, you stop and you get like a thing of like fountain Coke and then you like put your weed in there, but like wrapped up really tight so it can't get wet. Do you do all the fancy things or are you just like, it's in my pocket? It's fine. I lock it in my glove box. Nice. Okay. 
Do you know either of you, anybody that's been caught with weed in Idaho? I was thinking about this because as many of us as, that go to Ontario, I have not heard of anybody getting busted with weed in years. Like, I can't even think of anyone in the last few. Other than I do know one comedian who was driving through who had weed on her, wasn't really thinking about, you know, where it's illegal, where it's not, because she's from a state where it's legal and did end up getting a ticket and getting in some trouble for that. And uh, but that's the only person I can think of. And that was even a few years ago. So, yeah, I can't think of anybody. Can any, either of you? Which even that like so it's it's not getting enforced a whole lot enough that ne- none of us know anyone. Yeah, not off the top of my head. I can't think of anybody, especially from since Ontario became became the closest uh, place, which does, yeah, say a lot about what is going on that, you know, this is a thing that, uh, once again, Idaho is just really standing out in a big way compared to most states and that uh, people feel comfortable making this decision on the regular in their lives. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of uh, the only person I know that's been uh, busted for anything was the guy that was the dealer. Um, and he got a slap on the wrist. I mean, he had over three ounces type thing, but, um, he didn't go to prison and, or anything like that. So just a lot mm. of probation. Had to get him up his iguana. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, any other advice you would give to somebody planning to make the trip to Ontario and back and, and wanting to do it without getting in any trouble? I think for me, uh, like I say in earlier, um, set your mind. Uh, what you want to accomplish and it's to go there um, for the same reason that, you know, it's just in Utah, we had to drive to a different state to get better beer. Uh, we had to drive to Wyoming and it was a similar thing. And so um, technically not supposed to do that, but really I just think, what are your intentions? What are you doing? You know, and, and whatever you put out there is going to come back to you in a good way. All right. Well, thank you both. And may all your trips to Ontario be positive, productive and safe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Emma. And before you head out, according to KGW8 News in Portland, Ontario accounts for a huge proportion of Oregon's marijuana sales and tax dollars. Thanks mostly to Boiseans and other Treasure Valley residents who make over 11,000 trips across the border a week, Malheur County in Oregon raked in $104 million in sales last year. An Idaho statesman survey last fall found that 48% of Idahoans support the legalization of recreational marijuana. But as our Hey Boise newsletter points out, the Idaho legislature spent more time this year debating a non-binding measure to support the greater Idaho movement than they did discussing legalizing pot. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend? Leave us a review and don't forget to subscribe to our Hey Boise newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with our weekly news roundup. Also, don't forget to grab your tickets to my album release show April 28th at Visual Arts Collective in Garden City, sponsored by my besties right here at CityCast Boise. Tickets available on Eventbrite or at the door. Bye! Bye!